Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Grow your business for God's sake. No, really, I mean it. Grow your business for God's sake. That's right. Business is ministry and ministry is business. And it's time we take action in this belief and show up in our anointing with fresh fire. This is a cultivation conference. This is an activation conference. I want to see you reap the harvest, the promise that was predestined for you in your purpose and your calling. But you've got to go back to the root in order to do that. Come and let us water you so you can come fully alive and fully free every single day to make the impact you were born to make so others can also reap the legacy of your harvest forevermore. Let's do this. In Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th, you do not want to miss it. Get your tickets today at growforgod.com. That's right, and that's easy, growforgod.com. Can't wait to see you there. Hug your neck and grow together. So pumped to be with you guys this morning. Uh, Just had some amazing time with the Lord, and it was through a revelation, and you know, How do you determine what a revelation is? How do you decide? I'm gonna gonna lean into this one, Lord, right? Versus the ones that we don't really pay attention to. Well, yesterday I was in the middle of a team meeting and we were talking about um, just some projects that we have coming out. And one of which was a conversation about a planner and incorporating our devotions more often and really sitting with the Lord and, and serving out the Lord in the way that we do through biblical basics of business, but really wanting to get people into the word because that's the foundation of it all, right? And we can talk about it. And that's something where I'm convicted often where I want to be better at is like, what, what is the Lord saying in his word, right? Like his word, not, not my word connected to his word, but his word. And so it's time, it's time for us to start Peloton and preach again. And I'm grateful to all of those people who are jumping on live. I see you guys. We're getting, getting started this beautiful morning on the East coast, Virginia beach, Virginia tuning in. And I'm just, I'm pumped to be back. I I started the year off strong when it came to this concept, it was just dropped in my spirit. Like, Hey, you've got time to talk to people. You got time to teach. You got time to train. And really, if you think about the essence of fit and faith, it is not just financial lucrative experiences. Jason, what's up, brother? You too. 
It's really about the mind-body-soul integration of how we show up to be successful, how we show up to serve the Lord. And it looks crazy, (laughs) and I sound a little crazy, so if you're listening to this on the podcast later and I'm winded, it's because I'm winded. So I would encourage you to work out with me, (laughs) get your move on with me, maybe shout in the process, process with some friends as you're walking it out, and just go on this adventure. Go on this adventure with me. I took a break after I was doing Tuesdays and Thursdays for a couple of reasons. One, summertime ensued. My babies didn't have to be out the door as quickly, and I could sleep in just a little bit, <laughs> but I really realized in that time frame, one, I thought about you all. I thought about the Great Commission. I thought about my own wellness and physicality connected to that. And just recently, I started a new uh, challenge. I don't like to tell my kids that I'm on a diet because I'm, I don't need to diet, as you can see. But I always like to go to the next level. And I always, always parallel my faith connected to my physicality, my mentality, my relationships, my finances, all of that. I don't think that it's one or the other. It's one and the other. And God speaks to that so many times biblically. And I just want you guys to recognize if there's an area of your life that you're feeling is off kilter, that you're feeling is out of alignment. There's a reason that it's out of alignment and God is pulling your attention to that. So if it's your health, let's talk about it. If it's your finances, let's talk about it. If it's your marriage, let's talk about it. This is not an exclusive space for just business growth. I learned in a very difficult way that if I do not pay attention to the other elements of myself, a lot is going to go wrong. A lot is going to go awry. And I almost lost my life, literally my life to it. I was suicidal. I had depression and anxiety. I was having anxiety attacks for almost two years. Not all correlated to the same thing. Lots of different things came up, but I felt like because the enemy knew how to approach me in the night and attack my body, my mind was in like constant struggle with what is reality and what's not reality. I was having nightmares. And this is before this business started, but it was also after I had been in entrepreneurship for about 10 years. And in that, I had a choice. Do I focus on what the world tells me to focus on? Do I take this as the greatest call of success in my life? Because accolade wise, check. (laughs) White picket fence, check. A hot husband, check. Two kids, a boy first, a girl second, check. The American dream, right? However, inside of me was completely starved. I was focusing and paying attention and idolizing all of the wrong things. I was putting my drive and my ability to be in drive mode at the forefront of my life. And I was putting my identity in my success and it destroyed so much of me and it made me put my guard down. And in relation to my faith, well, I didn't really have any, my faith was in myself. My faith was in my ability. And though I believe that there was a God, I had been, you know, 
exposed to him, I should say. And uh, I gave my life to him when I was 14 in a Hardy's parking lot in a car with a youth young life leader. And so I believe in all of these things. I believe in him, but the world is telling us, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. You can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to. And here I am on a Peloton struggling a bit, <laughs> but doing it anyway, but not because of me, because of him. And when I put my flesh on the line, as we're going to go through the word today and talk about somebody else who exampled this so beautifully, put my flesh on the line, I am able to actually have 10x, 100x outcomes because we serve a God who knows multiplication in a way that the world does not. And I'm so grateful for his capability. I'm so grateful for his greatness. I'm so grateful for the perplexities and the complexities of who he is and how he shows up for us outside of our own weakness and inside of our own weakness, right? I see Michael's on here this morning, brother. Good morning, good morning. Back at it with our 20 minutes of Peloton and Preach. I say 20 minutes every single time, y'all, and I do intend for that to be the case, but I'm already seven minutes in and I forgot to actually press play on my Peloton. So we're gonna have our timer start us now, even though I can hardly breathe. Let's take a breath. Let's, uh, let's breathe him in today and let's start in the word. And I just wanted to give you some context of why I'm here for Peloton and Preach. I wanna be a living testimony of mind, body, soul integration and what that means for our business here on earth as it is in heaven because there is a kingdom business that is operating 24 seven doesn't matter who the CEO is doesn't matter who the integrators are doesn't matter who the visionary is because at some point in that 24-hour cycle even if you have an entire team overseas someone's off the clock minutes go by selfishness comes in enemies come to distract there's so much that transpires on a day-to-day -day basis but his business never shuts down his hours of operation never turn off he's always on speed dial he's always there for us and the vision that he's planted in your life no matter what role you play in business as the teacher as the student as the mentor as the client as the coach as the community it doesn't matter the call on your life is only connected to your alignment. And so when you get out of alignment in these different areas that I'm talking about, then you feel it. There's a tension connected to it. There's a conviction connected to it. And the reason that that's there is because God is knocking on your door. He's literally knocking on your door. He's telling you, oh, no wonder it's so hard. I'm on 42 resistance over here. Whew. Hanging out with Allie on Peloton this morning. And I'm, I'm trying to be an overachiever. No, no, no. Right on pace. Right on pace. God just asking you to be right on pace. He doesn't need you to do more than the call. He's got you in your weakness. He's got you in your strength. He's just asking you to show up. So let's pray. And then we're going to get into the word. Like I said before. 
God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are so present in every single minute. I thank you that even just yesterday as we were talking with the team, God, that you showed up in a supernatural way. That the verses that were revealed from my lips, just as an example, ended up being the testimony to my morning, the testimony to the mornings of those who are listening in on this opportunity, this opportunity to understand who you are through who you've been to me. God, I pray that they have their own revelations. I pray that they have their own convictions. I pray that they are called higher and they are sent out in the way that only you can send them, God. God, because the greatest commission of all is to just love you and to be loved by you. For them to know and stand in their beloved identity, for them to not question who you are connected to who they're intended to be. And God, at the same time, to know that even in our questioning, even in our curiosities, even in our confusions, even in our, our hold up points and our sinful nature, even in our flesh, God, even in the mental battlefield that we possess, that you are greater, that you are higher, that you know us, every single element of us. And if we could just rest in that identity of being known and being loved and being comforted by you, God that you'll continue to speak to us, you'll continue to reveal fresh vision to us so that when we're in flow, when we're in alignment, God, with you directly, that we can pour out to humanity because humanity is crying out to you, Lord, in ways that they don't even know that they're crying out, God, the spiritual junkies of the world, the, the mindfulness junkies of the world, the identity, personality tests of the world. The, the businesses, the corporations of the world, the media of the world, the education sector of the world, the politicians of the world. Mm, God, they all yearn for you. They all are hungry for you. And so they seek fleshly affirmation. And God, I just pray for those who are listening today that they put their flesh down that they're able to repent and say to you, God, that they've had sinful ways, that they've reprioritized their life and you're not in the forefront. God, they just come to you when they're in need. They just come to you when they need help. They come to you when they're struggling. But God, I wanna live in a space where I am with you all day in the blessings and the greatness and the gratitude, in the confusion, in the worry. But God, that you are glory to glory to glory and between glory there can be valleys and you exist there just like you do on the success of a mountaintop. But what I found so beautiful about the people in this community is that they're all striving. They're all striving for upward mobility and that upward mobility, God, is connected to who you are, that you're the bedrock of their lives and if they're not, if you're not, if they're not there in this season, God, I pray that this just touches them in a way that they haven't been touched before. I pray that it speaks to them in a way they've never been spoken to. I pray that their ears are opened, their eyes are open, and their spirit is open to what is possible in you. Because when we get to those successful territories of goal setting in business or KPIs, key performance indicators in, in business, or we have a new high ticket conversion that we're praising our teams for, or our systems for, or our ads for. 
God, that it has nothing to do with those exterior elements and it has everything to do with you. And so may we treat our businesses like you treat us. May our businesses be the biggest love story. May our lives be the foundation in which you are glorified. No matter what our calling looks like, not in comparison. Oh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your closeness today. Thank you for your revelations today. Thank you for a body that can move and a mind that can meditate and a heart that can send out love and light for relationships that support me and guide me and nurture me. Oh, Lord, and for this community, this community that calls me higher, this community that keeps me in momentum, this community that even when they're not speaking, even when no one's watching, God, the calling connected to the commission is present and therefore community exists. And so I rest in you as the community nurturer. I rest in you as the community converter. I rest in you, God, because nothing else matters. May your word bring fresh life today. May it bring fresh momentum. May they pick up their pace as they're listening. Pick up their pace, God. May they fall in line with you. As close as the dust is on the sandals of your flip-flops, God, that they get close to you. <laughs> I just called you wearing flip-flops. <laughs> My beach vibed Jesus, if you can't tell. God, you give us examples of who you are. And you make yourself known to us in the ways that only we could understand. And so I thank you. I thank you that I see you. I thank you that you see me. We give this time to you in your sweet name. Amen. Woo. All right. I see some extra eyeballs. I see some extra people hanging out with me this morning. It's good to see you. Good to see you. And I'm super excited to jump in. So I told you that I was talking with my team. We we're talking about future reference. We we're talking about how we want people to get into the word more. We're projecting what does 2023 look like? And yeah, it's only September. And yeah, we've got a ton to do before then. We've got book launches coming up. The Joyful Anthology launches today. Not today, the book. The book launch team, the promos. The book will be coming out on 10-4. Do you copy? Do you copy? 10-4. 10-4. Put that into your calendar. We're so excited. There's going to be a collection of joyful entrepreneurs, 20 of us, in fact, who are coming to share our testimonies connected to what he has revealed to us in our great commission. And so it's so awesome. I didn't even think about that as I was preparing this morning's message. Well, God was preparing it for me. Let's be serious. I didn't do anything. I just read his word and he revealed it all. He's that good and that capable. And so if you're ever at a loss for words, get into the word. See what he says about the problem. See what he says about the, the blessing. He's got so much more to say than what your eyes are currently seeing. And so as we're having this conversation, I just blurted out like, okay, I want it to say this. I want it to be on a shirt. I want it to be on a hat. I want it to be on a mug. I want it to be on these different things, these different products. And then under it, even though it's not the verse that's on it scripted under it, I want to have the reference of where that word came from in biblical format. And so I just blurted out Isaiah 6, 12. And they were like, whoa, I haven't been in the book of Isaiah. I haven't been simmering with it. And so immediately they were like, you need to go. 
you need to go look at that right now. So in the middle of our meeting, I open the word. I'm going to read the exact verse, but then I'm going to get into context here. And my girl, Allie's, she's up on her feet. She's up on her feet. I'm like, no, I'm trying to read here. Come on. If you're hanging out with me, get your move on. Do some jumping jacks. Do some abs. So I'm not the only one who's winded over here. So Isaiah, Isaiah 6, 12 says, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. What? <laughs> that doesn't sound very exciting. Until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. I don't know about y'all, but I'm praying for the opposite. <laughs> I'm like, I want everyone to come to know the Lord. I want every business to be mission driven in the marketplace. I want faith to be the foundation of how people show up in their life and not the element of what's behind them. I don't, I don't want everyone to go away. I'm trying to get more people to join the mission. I'm trying to get more eyeballs on what's going on over here in Fit and Faith Media. What's happening in the world through the eyes of the Lord. What the word is saying about what's happening in the world. Wait, what? And so this is the most important part about reading the Bible. It is the context. Where does that come from? What is the heart of the Father as it's being revealed to us? What is Isaiah walking through that the Lord is talking to him and telling him something like this? Now, for those of you who are not biblically based, I don't not call you a Christian. I don't not call you a believer. I don't even call you a seeker. I just say you haven't had the resource in your hands to realize the revelations connected to it. And there is nothing wrong with that. In fact, I am honored and highly, highly grateful to be able to give you this context connected to where you are in your life right now. And this is why I do what I do. This is why you get to do what you do because everything you bring in front of other people has to have that root core of goodness of grace, of mercy, and of clarity. Because if you're bringing a message from a business perspective out into the world, whatever it is, let's say your, your mission is, we want to send everyone far away. We want the land to be utterly forsaken. How are you going to do that? What's your business plan associated to it? I'm curious. What is your bio read? What is your brand vibe? I imagine red. I imagine black. I imagine X's. I, rem I imagine like stay out, get away, maybe arrows pointing in the opposite directions. Do you see how you can bring words to life? It's a part of business. It's a part of why you show up on social media. And so <laughs> if this is your calling, no matter what the words are, you have to be able to evoke truth. And it has to be done in context. Because if you tell somebody about this and you give them just one verse, they're going to be super confused. There's so many money verses in the Bible, which is a huge part of how I love to educate, connected to abundance and prosperity, and people get it wrong. The love of money is the root of all evil. No, it's not, right? It's, it's putting the love of money at the forefront of God. It's creating a false idol out of money. It's putting greed as the precursor. It's putting success, my testimony, I get it. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm always raising my hand next to you. This is not intended to cast out your areas of iniquities or to point in your areas of sin. I'm alongside you, brother and sister, not as a sinner because I'm redeemed. I'm going to talk to you about redemption here through Isaiah's lens in just a minute, right? 
but I want you to know I've been there. It's literally why I say yes. It's why I am panting on this dang thing. And I am, what now, 22 minutes in? See, how in the world am I ever supposed to get this done in 20 minutes? Lordy, I had five minutes on the Sunrise Music Festival stage this past weekend. Sun as S-O-N, Jesus who has risen, the Sunrise Music Festival. And when they told me I had five minutes, I was like, Oh my gosh, what could I possibly say in five minutes that's gonna land as truth, that's gonna land as hope, that's gonna land as love? I can bring joy in two seconds, no problem with that one, but what? Morgan, who is my creative designer, she says, they're gonna have to have one of those canes that like yank your neck off stage because no way will you land it in five minutes. I simmered with the Lord all day on that message and he told me that I was there in that moment for the dreamers. And as I was there for the dreamers and I had a countdown person in the audience, so I didn't go over on time because I wanted to honor their stage and their time clock, three minutes and 47 seconds. And God said, you're done. Drop the mic and go. And I was like, what? I practiced that for so long. I always hit 10 minutes. I couldn't even get close to five. And so immediately I felt this rush of insecurity. I felt like, God, I didn't do what you called me to do. I definitely did what this is saying. I sent everyone far away and I left the land utterly forsaken. I did that, at least that's how I felt. I told myself, I didn't do it good enough. It wasn't enough. And I often do that to myself. I don't know if you guys, can you raise your hand to self ridiculing, to, to telling yourself that you're unworthy or not capable or just questioning, why did I even do that? Why was I even called to do that? Did I even make a difference? So my mind is spinning and moments later, I walk over to our booth and there's a beautiful woman named Angela who is in a wheelchair, has a quadriplegic. She can barely speak, but I can tell that she's saying something and she's so excited. Oh my gosh. You could tell the joy on her, on her face. You could tell the joy coming out of her energy. And she had her companion, I'm imagining it's her husband. And she was trying to talk to me. And so I just focused in on what she was saying. And he was trying to, uh, what's the word when you, she, he was translating for her. And it was like two sentences in. And I was like, actually, I don't need you to translate. He's like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't know how much you can understand. I'm like, I actually understand her perfectly. So we have this conversation and she says something incredible to me that literally put me on my knees. She has a ministry called Roll Called. I'll have to tag it here for you guys afterwards. For people who feel outcast, abandoned, different, differently abled, not pretty, not beautiful. And she said that the Lord told her when she was in her darkest of places as a quadriplegic, here I am on a Peloton, y'all. Can you talk about gratitude? Let's go. Let's pick it up. If you're working out, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it for Angela. Let's say, yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. Let's go. That the Lord told her the exact three things that he told me. The exact, in the exact order. She's never read my book. She doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know me from Adam. I didn't even say any of those words on stage in that three minutes and 47 seconds. And I was like, only you. Only you could show up to see me in that moment through this beautiful woman to affirm me when I am self-deprecating. 
Why do we do that when he is there all the time? All the time, if we open our eyes, if we open our eyes to the message, if we get outside of the one-liner, if we get outside of our head, if we get outside of our physical capability and we say, God, send me, send me, send me. That's the message you know. That's the verse everyone talks about. So I take that verse and I go backwards and I say, whoa, what's happening here in this story? What's happening here? And why have I never heard or understood this specific verse? So I back it up and it's talking about Isaiah's greatest commission. (sighs) Y'all, I'm sorry I'm winded, but I'm so passionate about this. And I don't even care if my timer is up in one minute and 16 seconds. I'm already seven minutes past. This is too good. This is the revelation from yesterday and this morning. Talking about in the year of King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Oh, I love that visual. The train of his robe filled the temple. You think of the bride and the bridegroom, the church, and that of his maker and his bride and his bridegroom. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love trains for so many reasons. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. These are angels, okay? Also seraphim, the root of that seraph, seraph, yeah, stands for burners, burners, okay? Think fire, think embers, think coal. Whether they're protectors of the Lord and or worshipers, simultaneous perhaps, I believe, they are the exemplary element, the angelic being that is there to meet and greet you and also to protect the Lord. I don't know that he needs protection, but he's got an angel army, that's for sure. And I don't want to read the entire thing because it's 13 verses and I can hardly breathe as it is. But I want you to know that in this moment, the seraphim are saying, holy, 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 the triad, father, son, holy spirit, holy, 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 it always comes in threes, is the Lord God almighty and the whole earth is full of his glory. These are songs. If you know worship songs, they're pulling from context right here in Isaiah 6. So right when I read that, there was peace. There was, oh God, I know this. I'm not completely ill-equipped when it comes to the Bible. I know this. And so I keep reading and it talks about what he says in that moment in this line of sight, in this vision. And so it was just like that moment when I was sitting with Angela and I was like, oh my gosh, God. He says, woe to me. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And I think about us who live among the unclean every single day being infiltrated, mind, body, spirit, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, mind, spirit, energy, constantly being infiltrated in unclean territory. And we're asked to go higher We're asked to see him. And even in our mental battlefields, the place that I was completely eating myself alive in that moment, God will send an angel. Hmm. Angela was an angel in that moment. He'll send an angel and he'll remind you that you are yet become. You are yet to be in the fullness of what he's made you to be. You haven't figured it out yet. 
Your identity isn't secure in him if you're doubting. Your identity isn't secure in him if you are struggling all day, every day. Your identity isn't secure. And that doesn't mean you don't love him. And it surely doesn't mean that he doesn't love you because he loves you even still. The three things that he said to both Angela and I are, you are fully seen, you are fully known, and I still love you. So woe is me in my sin. Woe is me in my incapability. Woe is me in my limiting beliefs. Woe is me in the false stories that I'm telling myself. It happens. And I want to be transparent with you that I'm not anywhere but right here on this Peloton, on this mic, on these screens to share with you that we're still becoming. I am always becoming. It's the name of my book, y'all, which is about to celebrate its first birthday. Not shameless plug because it's a book about no shame, okay? And I need you to know that I've walked this out and even still, woe is me, right? So Isaiah says, woe is me, I am ruined. And then the seraphim, the burners, they flew over to him with a live coal in his hand, which I can't even go into the next story. I'm gonna have to share you on Thursday about the live coal and coal reference from this weekend connected to bananas and grapes, just stick with me. Come back Thursday at 6 a.m. to watch it or to watch the replay. Let me know if you're watching the replay now because I know a lot of people who were super pumped about me doing this again and they said they're going to jump on their Pelotons later or go on their walks or runs and work out with me so that I'm not the only one panting. I'm calling you higher. I see Stephanie, my girl over here. She's always got her guns blazing. I hope that you're working out with me today, sis. Getting that body on for all those mamas who need you. So the seraphim comes over and he touches Isaiah's mouth with the coal. And it was from the the seat of the throne. And he says, Isaiah, see, this has touched your lips. Actually, I'm sorry, seraphim is saying this. See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Now, Isaiah is already a believer. He's a prophet. He's one of the most amazing prophets of the entire scriptures. And yet still, woe is me, he says. But then low is the Lord. Low is the Lord. Low. It says, woe, low. And my favorite part, where I rest a majority of my energy on, is the go. This woe, low, go formula was revealed to me while I was studying this morning. Not my own words. His words, God's words. But picked up from another pastor. And this is what I want you to know. When you're saying things that you're sharing from other people, one, give them credit. It's important. Can't remember his name, but I'll tell you in the the notes. Give them credit. And also be okay with sharing someone else's revelation that's connected to yours. Because we are all here to be points of affirmation and connectivity, to explain and to landscape the character and the love of God. I can't do it alone. I cannot teach you everything that God wants you to know. You've got to have multiple mentors. You've got to have multiple people that you're seeking information from. You've got to study along different pastors, not just one. Don't falsely idolize, just like I was doing it with business or success or money. Don't falsely idolize anything, (laughs) anything, period, okay? So woe is me. He calls out and repents even though he's an amazing believer already, we are constantly becoming, that he says, Lord, I have experienced you. You have touched my lips. My sin is removed. My, I repent in your moment and it's atoned. And this is my favorite. This is the go. 
This is what I've seen on shirts. This is what most mission-led ministers in the marketplace are saying they want to do. It says, and here I am. So what happens is the Lord says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Us, triad, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's talking about himself in usness, in third person, in multitude, because he's not just God. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And this is what everyone wants. We say, here I am, send me. Isaiah says this, here I am, send me, God. He just had this incredible encounter with God. This happened to me, okay? When I had an encounter with the Lord, just like it happened to Angela, when she had her encounter with the Lord, she said, here I am, God. What do you want me to do with this revelation? What do you want me to do with this light? What do you want me to do with this overwhelm of joy? What do you want me to do with all of this knowledge and entrepreneurship? It cannot be put to waste. I love it too much. How do I position it so that it's yours? It's a constant sacrifice. It's a constant giving. It's a constant effort on my behalf, not out of performance, not out of perfection, not out of success drive, not out of accolades, but out of surrender, out of a place to say, God, this is what I have. This is my offering for you. And I want to help other people. I want to touch their own lips with these coals so they can have this revelation and they'll have those encounters. I can make way for encounters for you, Lord. I can be a burner. I can burn so bright. I can bless other people through that burning. Do you get that? You have an opportunity to be a part of his angel army. And you can do it even with your imperfections. But you surrender that imperfection. You raise your hand. You say, here I am, send me. And then he says, go and tell this people to be ever hearing but never understanding to be ever seeing but never perceiving make the heart of this people calloused make the ears dull and close their eyes otherwise they might see their eyes hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed that's perplexing so we raise our hand and say here i am send me to do this amazing mission to tell everyone about the encounter, to tell everyone about the time that I met the burners and I stood before the Holy One. And he said to me, you are fully seen, you are fully known and you are fully loved. But then he says to turn their eyes and ears and hearts away from you. How does that make sense? These are not the calling curiosities, the calling desires that most of us want. We want people to know him. And it's not that Isaiah is being told not to know him. He's saying, drive them away. Because then his question is, for how long, Lord? How long do you want me to do this? To send people away? And he said, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields are ruined and ravaged. Here's the 12 that I came to until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And now at that moment, a 10th remains in the land and it will again, even the 10th be laid waste. But as the tibrinth and oak, this is a genre of oak tree, leaves stumps when they are cut down. So the holy seed will be the stump in the land. <sighs> so much in that, so much in that and so confusing, right? Why would God want that? Well, if you read in context, this is the most important part about studying the word 
and knowing how it parallels to your story and to what God is doing through your life and the revelations connected to it, you will learn that he is basically asking Isaiah to rid Israel of all the sinners who he has sent multiple prophets for, who he has sent multiple commissions to, and it's not working. It's not working, but Noah, the promise of God, the rainbow that I stand on and beneath every single day has already told us that he would never fill the land with floods again. He would never destroy his people, but he will send a prophet to send them out to say, go this way. And so Isaiah does that. And there's a whole book in the Bible that you can go and read, but I want you to focus on Isaiah six today. I want you to go in and I want you to read the context of what's being taught in the sidelines because what is beautiful about that is that there is always remnants. Remnants. The holy seed is left in that land. The holy seed is left in that neighborhood. The holy seed is left in that person's heart. And so how you're doing this, how is Isaiah go and remove people from the city and be confused by that? This is what convicted me about this in multiple ways. The woe, low, go formula repent, experience, be sent out. You've, you've got to come before the Lord and, and raise your hand to surrender and not be like in this place of not me hiding your sins, hiding yourself. God sees all things. He knows all things. Low, be transformed, be in awe, the root of low, love him in a way you've never loved him. And then in that sending, he has a great commission for your life. The other thing that was brought to me was that holy seed, the fact that no matter what you do, no matter what your commission is, no matter where you go and how you do it, whether you're leaving people's hearts forever implanted in the Lord, or you're leaving a clear slate for holy seed to foster and new birth harvest to come, that's what he was doing. He was basically a farmer he said, I need you to get out of this field. God has something more. I think of realtors in this space who look at old dilapidated buildings and they say, take that whorehouse away. Take that drug house away. I want to build something beautiful. I want there to be a harvest. I want there to be light in this city. There's a, an addiction recovery house that is built right in the midst of what is not good area, but it is planted with intention. And that pastor's calling was hard and didn't make sense. Why would I put it here, Lord? They're just going to come knocking. They're just going to get distracted when they come for recovery. Are you serious? This is a minister. This is a house. This is a place for recovery. God is going to send angel armies to protect it. When you're on mission, he's protecting you. But the third and final thing that I think is so important for you to recognize, especially in today's business world, is basically Isaiah is being sent out to lose followers. Hmm. Who's that sitting with? Isaiah is being sent out to lose followers, to lose focus, to lose attention. He's going to lose friends. He's going to lose family members. He's going to lose relatives. Do you realize that? And do you think that he didn't question at that moment the great commission on his life? God, I asked you to send me. I have so much to give the world. Why are you telling me to do this hard work 
of sending them away. I want a mission. I want to be like Jesus. I want a massive community. I want to speak to 5,000. I want to see miracle signs and wonders. And God says, no, no, no. You're not going to see what you're doing in your own life with your own eyes. But when you come and you sit at the right hand of the Father in your salvation and in your activation, because you said yes to something that was hard, something that you hadn't seen other people do, the world is telling you to go find followers and have influence. And God says influence, the root of influence is flow. And flow means alignment with him so that you can go out and do the Lord's work even when it's hard, even when people are going to ostracize you, even when people are going to unfollow you. This is the commission. Here I am, send me. What is he calling you to do? That's heavy. That's hard. That you're not going to see the fruit until the generations that follow you get to experience it. How many times did people in the Bible go and do things that they never saw come to fruition? Think of Moses. He never even got to go into the promised land. The vision that God gave him wasn't for him. It was for his generations. It was for his lineage. And so when we talk about legacy, it's connected to the kingdom, not even just your own children. Stop being selfish and thinking that your money is for them to raise up. No. It's for the kingdom. Your kids might go wayward. What happens then with that money? How many times do we see kids who are, what do they call them? Um, ah, um, trust fund babies, right? Trust fund babies and they blow it because they're not rooted. They've never had the woe, low, go encounter. They've never raised their hand to surrender. They've never raised their hand for repentance. And therefore, they've never had an amazing transformation or transaction with the Lord like me and Angela have. Y'all, she's quadriplegic and she runs a women's ministry. She cannot speak. And I'm about to have her on my podcast. It's going to happen. We're going to have a translator. It's going to be incredible. But you've got to know that until you're asked to go, until you request and surrender your entire mission, your mission doesn't matter. His mission matters. Until that happens, you're not going to be building anything effective, anything that's sturdy. You're building on the sand and not the rock. And I don't say that to point at you. I say that because I've been there. Yes, Michael, lessons learned out of adversity. Yes, Daryl, unfollow me. I will follow him. Before anyone ever followed me on social media, God followed me. Come on. Come on. This is so good. This isn't my words. This is your words. This is your story. I'm just here to help you, cheer you on, and say, let's go. When God gives you a call and it seems confusing and he gives you a word and he gives you a scripture and you go to the word and you're so perplexed and you're like, what is this? Stop taking it out of context. Stop making it your own story. Understand what's transpiring. Look to other mentors. Read about it. Get in on pastoral messages that are on YouTube. Get into podcasts. Get into books. And then you're going to take that and you're going to blow it into the business that you're working in. Whether that's your business or whether you're an integrator in that business. 
You are a founder, you are an innovator, and you're a trailblazer. And that is today's Peloton and Preach. Woo! 45 minutes on. I said 20. God multiplies my energy. <laughs> he multiplies my time. And he's going to do the same for you. Thanks so much to everyone who was hanging out live today. Your words mattered. Your heart mattered. Your eyeballs <laughs> on the screen mattered. Thank you, Aaron. You hung out the whole time, sister. I hope you got your movement in. It's a blessing to serve. It's a blessing to be surrendered, but I will tell you it's also hard. It's hard. It's hard to do this, but he's calling us higher. He's calling us to carry a heavier load. He's calling us to lose followers and be okay with it. I've been teeter-tottering between 16.9 and 17K on Instagram forever. <laughs> it feels like the year, honestly. And I cannot in my mind's eye figure out what am I doing wrong? Again, limiting beliefs. Again, focused on worldly numbers, influence. So this message to me was, Tamara, none of that matters. Just show up. Show up in the way I'm calling you to show up. Stay consistent, stay obedient, stay surrendered. And the callings might change. The callings might shift. You might have the gift and talent of being a prophet. And even still, I'm calling you to be unfollowed. Why would you want to be a prophet that people false idolize because you have the capability of prophesying? That's not good for them. That's not good for their faith. We want them to believe in God. So don't let anyone falsely idolize you as an influencer. Point to heaven. Point to him and see what he does in the multiplication of your prosperity and the blessings that are around you. I love you guys. Thanks again. See you Thursday at 6 a.m. Bye-bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to. And I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener. And I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinise Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.